This is the Soul Power Podcast with your hosts, Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burt. Welcome to the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Thanks for joining us. Today, our very special guest, I'm so excited, is the one and only Andrea Libros. Yay! I don't have any, you know, background clapping, but maybe I can put that in the in the episode. Okay. Andrea <laughs> is from Andrea Libros Coaching, but she does so much more than that. And today we are going to be talking about her new book. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get it. All my friends are writing books. I got to get these uh, all in line. Andrea's new book is She Thinks Big, The Entrepreneurial Woman's Guide to Moving Past the Messy Middle and Into the Extraordinary. Sounds like a pretty good place to be. We're going to learn about it in just a few minutes. Andrea. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're so excited excited to be here. here. Yes. Yes. This is fun. It's your first time meeting Cheryl and you and I have gotten together a few times recently. It's always good to catch up. It is. (laughs) So we typically start the show, Andrea, by talking a little bit about where you came from and how you got here basically and we call it the origin story because in true marvel style we are all superheroes so we like to call it the we are we are so superheroes so superheroes so tell us what your origin story is well i could go way way back to day one but i'm just gonna i'm gonna leap forward okay i'm gonna leap forward um to the the 2000s, way back in the 2000s. I worked for a company where I was recruiting and hiring and training new business owners. And the company had kind of a crazy structure, but basically the I was hiring new franchise owners in a sense. And I stayed in that job for 10 years. And after a while, I kind of had had it, I call it. Like I had had it, I was done. And I started to explore what was next. And in that exploration, I realized that there was a part of that job that I really loved. And there were lots of parts that I didn't really love. But if I kind of took my, out my you know, magnifying glass on the part that I really loved, what I really loved was helping people think outside the box, helping them grow their business, helping them pass what I would call the messy middle, which is kind of like, okay, I'm in it. I'm profitable. This thing is rolling along. But now (laughs) it's either rolling so fast that I can't keep up. What do I do? Or it's rolling at a steady pace, but not as fast as I want to. Or it's rolling into all the other parts of my life (laughs) and I'm feeling out of control in those things and I'm feeling some guilt and overwhelm and all of that. So, you know, they, the, the, the women that I was, they were calling it training, but let's get real. It was really coaching. What I was doing was really helping them move past that. But 
in kind of reflection, like now, so I, so I got out of that and I started my own coaching practice in 2018. So I was kind of with them from 2008 to 2017, the end of that, I started my own coaching practice in 2018, but now kind of reflecting on being in this business for five years, I can kind of see what was going on, what I really didn't like. And now if I go back to the part I didn't like, mm-hmm. I didn't like how I myself in my role was kind of being kept in a box. (laughs) And I, the big joke was if I had one more great idea, like they would say, that's a great idea. If I had (laughs) one more great idea that I presented to kind of a corporate enterprise that never happened or that got squashed or got like, oh yeah, that's great, but we can't do that because, you know, I was going to quit. So I did finally quit. But if I look at like all of that, that place is that I was, forced to kind of, I call it think small. Yeah. Right. I had to stay in the box and I wanted to think big. And then I see now in coaching clients that when they get to this messy middle thing, they start to think a little smaller, like the excitement's worn off. Right. Cause when they started, they're like, oh my gosh, this could really actually be something let's go for it. What do I have to lose? You know? And, they, mm-hmm. and then they get to this place where it's going um, and they start to like, I say kind of like hear little voices in the back of their head telling them things like, I don't know. I don't know if you can really make this bigger or you really need to hire <laughs> on people, but can you afford it? Or um, yeah, but don't you really want to go to that soccer game at four o'clock? And if you tried to take on one more client, you weren't going to be able to do it. Right. So that's kind of this, I call it a frenemy voice in the back of your mm-hmm. head that starts talking to you that you've got to push past or figure out well, how to think beyond in order to really satisfy your own self drive and worth. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the long origin story of that little part of time in my life. (laughs) That is a great origin story of that part of the time in your life. (laughs) No kidding. I love it. No kidding. That's the scoop. That's the scoop. Yes. And you have started your business and Absolutely run with it. I love hearing your successes and seeing how far you've come. So um, not only hearing the origin story, but hearing the update story and how things are going now. It's it's great. It is fun. It's awesome. So you mentioned in your origin story that you were kind of forced to think small, but your book has been named She Thinks Big. So my question is, what's big thinking? What is big thinking? This is an amazing question. So I guess, I mean, if we Googled it, if we went to the Googles, we'd probably get lots of answers, right? <laughs> but my version of the, my answer from the Googles would be big thinking is something that really comes from your the future you. So it, big thinking doesn't really come from who you are today, you know, sitting down at your desk. Big thinking has to come from a brain that's become friends with the person 10 years from now who is rocking it, who's doing exactly what they want to be doing, who's feeling good in doing it, and who um, sees lots and lots of possibilities. Big thinking comes from that person. So a lot of times when, when I've got a client, or I even see this in myself, like if I'm if I'm kind of stuck, we'll call it, and stuck can be like, look like a lot of things. It can just be a feeling it can literally be like the needle's not moving, the bank account's staying the same, you know, you're still working with people you don't want to work with, whatever that is. But when you're when you're stuck, 
in order to get out of that, you have to go to that future you, that future person and say, hey, you out there who's reached the goal, who's feels successful, who's living the life they want to lead, what would you do today? What, what, what do you think I should do today? Mm-hmm. Because the today person is stuck. The today person is in the here and now. So big thinking has to originate from kind of a future you type of brain. And, you know, there's lots of commonalities if you look among big thinkers and we can kind of get into that, but they've got to have that big mindset, right? Which is kind of that future you is really the mindset. They've got to then turn those thoughts or that vision into some action And then they have to be able to deal or manage the results of all of that. So the book, She Thinks Big, is is broken up into three sections. Part one is about big mindset. Part two is kind of the more hands-on, practical, like big plan. And then part three kind of gets back a little bit into your thinking. And what do you do with these big results? Like, what does that mean? And where do you go from there? So when I use the word guide in the subtitle, I really feel like it is a guide. It's not all like woo woo, you know, let's just manifest it all. There is, there is some practicality of turning that vision into action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes Fantastic. sense to me. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't make sense to, you know, have the vision if you're not going to implement it and then, you know, see what the results are. So yeah. Yeah. So Big thinkers really though, I think one of the, one of the things I feel, I feel, and I see most often is that what prevents someone from being that big thinker or from staying in the small thinking is fear. Mm. And that fear comes from, usually originates from that little frenemy voice. That's in the, <laughs> I call it like, you know, the person in high school that thought they knew everything and you kind of, they were your friend and your enemy all at the same time. So that- <laughs> That frenemy voice in the back of your head saying like, hey, um, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Let's just quiet right down. Like, just get back in your place. Or <laughs> again, if you do that, what are they going to be the repercussions? Yeah, it may, it may be great, but it may not be. Yeah. Right. And so that frenemy too is also though doing its job. It's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to keep us comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not wanting us to, you know, take any chances. Let's be efficient here and just follow (laughs) along. And, but big thinkers really understand how to harness that fear and really flip the script so that they can achieve something different that isn't limited by fear. I don't know if you think about that. that. How do you do that, Andrea? Because I, here's the thing. I have never thought of myself as a big, big thinker. I certainly can be a big thinker at times, but I've never really considered myself a visionary. So how can someone like me think big? How, how can I use that fear to move me forward? Okay. So I, great question. So I think there are really four things that if you can remember these four things and then you can do it anyone can do it. So number one is consider all of your thought options. Okay. So this is what I kind of think of as a thought option. My analogy is you're at a wedding or maybe in person and it's some big event and there's a person walking around with past hors d'oeuvres and they come up to you and they put their tray in front of you and they say, take one. 
which would you like? And you kind of look at the tray. You're like, well, should I have the shrimp cocktail? Should I have the spinach square? Should I have the pigs in a blanket? What should I have? You've got all of these options on a tray. And that's just like thoughts. Like we have options about what we can think. We don't really believe that a lot of times, but it's true. Like we could think that a 120 degree day is amazing, or we could think it's horrible, or we could think a rainy day is perfect, or we could think, I wish it was sunny, right? So we have options about what we think, how we think about things. So number one is I think you've got to consider all of your thought options because those thoughts really impact how we feel. Like, do we feel stuck in the messy middle or not? And then ultimately the how we feel really triggers what we do or don't do or how mm-hmm. we react, okay? Mm-hmm. So number one is consider your thought options. And I love that analogy of the tray of hors d'oeuvres because I think everybody can relate to like, ooh, which one, or a box of chocolates, which one should I have? So ooh, you get to all choose. Of <laughs> all of them, right, right. <laughs> the second thing, and I did a lot of coaching on this actually earlier today, is targeting the real problem. Mm. Like what is the real problem? I don't know if you guys have found this, but a lot of often we will give a huge narrative around all the things and tell like the whole backstory and all the history. Like I love it when I get on a phone call with someone I've never met before and they're like, well, let's just, let me just give you a background. Like 20 years ago when I was, you know, right, we do that. That really has nothing to do with the real problem, the 20 years ago, right? So I will stop people dead in their tracks and say, okay, 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 okay. What's the problem? In one sentence, what's the problem? Don't give me all the tiny details. I wanna know what the real problem is because inevitably that the, the real problem really is just that we don't wanna feel a negative feeling. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. The real problem is I don't want to feel guilty, rejected, frustrated, overwhelmed, uh, anxious, right? I don't want to feel that. That's the problem. Because everything that would like trigger that or cause that might be thought about differently by a different person, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're someone that says, I hate the heat, I don't know anyone on this call that would ever say that. <laughs> not <laughs> I mean, this that week, especially. Not this week. Right. If you're someone that says, like, I hate the heat, it just makes me feel so lethargic. <laughs> I mean, someone else out there is thinking, I am super, and I, I love it, man. I'm going to, like, you know, I want to be out there all day long. So the real problem is just a negative feeling. 99% of the time, it doesn't have to do with anything with the, the history or the past or the details. And if you can't get down to that, then you're never going to be able to think bigger because guess what? Usually that bigger thinking involves some discomfort, involves mm-hmm. a little challenge and it involves, it's probably something hard. You're like, when your brain starts to sort of process it and it filters through, it's like, yeah, but wait, 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 wait. this is going to be really hard to do. I don't know if I want to do it. Right. So you got to target the real problem. So that's number two. So consider your thought options, target the real problem. And then the third thing is, which is kind of counterintuitive. I got a little into a little dialogue today about this or or not counterintuitive, but like um, contradicts, but 
it's embrace ambiguity. Okay. So the third mm. thing is embrace ambiguity and uncertainty is real, yeah. right? It's real. And it's a constant fear. And I think if COVID taught us anything, it taught us that like mm. everything is uncertain, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. Yep. We didn't know in January, on January 12th of 2020, what January 13th of 2020 was going to be, but no one was talking about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. We were only talking about like, well, in March, like who would have known? Well, we didn't know what was going to happen in January either. So yeah, we've got to embrace that uncertainty. Cause if, again, if you're going to think bigger, set bigger heights for yourself, kind of go beyond, think of all the possibilities. There is going to be uncertainty and ambiguity. It's just inherent in, in living in that fashion. And it never leaves. Like you're always going to have the unknown. And you don't even, you have the unknown about the unknown, right? <laughs> right. So I call it like, you're in this blank space of impending catastrophe. It's like out there, like the catastrophe is impending, right? What if this podcast, no one's listening. And what if, you know, we leave something in that we didn't want to leave in. Everybody's going to notice, like no one's going to notice, right? So <laughs> let's get real. No one's going to notice. So we got to, we have to embrace that. And recognizing too, this is kind of another like part B of this is that you will never have all of the information. You will never have all of the information. Like it's not happening. So when I do a consult call sometimes and you know, we, we chat and they're like, yeah, I, I really, let's go for it. I'm going, I'm in, I'm in, but I'm just going to think about it <laughs> for one night. Okay. Like I respect that, but can, then I always say, can I, can I put my, do I have permission to put my coach hat on? Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. So what exactly are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something better out there, or maybe this isn't the right thing, or I, I just need to sit on it for a little while. Okay. Like you're never going to know. You're never going to have all of the information. There's like, it's impossible. So what is like, what is your, what is the future you, what would the future you tell you to do? Oh, mm-hmm. they would say, go for it. I'm like, okay, then let's go. So anyway, embrace ambiguity. You're never going to know. I'll have all the information. It's never going to be there. Okay. Last one. Fourth. Okay. What do big thinkers have in common? What do they do? How do they flip the script? How do they harness their fear? They seek support. They seek support. And I like to kind of think about this as um, we all can we all can picture ourselves in our bed, right? And I like to picture when I was a kid in Massachusetts, Cheryl, way back in, you know, mm-hmm. way back there. <laughs> so it was probably cold was, while you were in your bed. <laughs> it probably was, right? So I was all snuggled up in my twin little bed with my Holly Hobby comforter. Mm-hmm. And I had the covers pulled up to my nose mm-hmm. and my pillow. And I had a stuffed animal sitting next to me. And it was very comfortable, right? It was very comfortable. You wanted to kind of stay there. You didn't want to get up. Well, guess what? Fast forward as adults or even as entrepreneurs, we are charged with like jumping out of bed and <laughs> we, things startle us like the unknown. And we all of a sudden have to whoop, like hop up and we 
a cold and it doesn't feel safe anymore. And the stuffed animal fell under the bed, right? Okay. What do we do? Well, what we do is we seek support and the support as an adult or as an entrepreneur is not a stuffed animal. It is not your comfy covers. It is usually other people, mm-hmm. right? It's a support network. It's mentors. It's um, surrounding yourself with like-minded thinkers. It coaches, whatever, like whatever you need. Okay. That is your safety blanket. That's what it is when you're an adult and you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to get yourself and and are looking forward to and are energized by big thinking. So support networks can really be vital sources of reassurance to help you kind of harness that fear, put it on a shelf. It's not going away, but you can look at it on the shelf and kind of, I like to say, turn the dial or flip the script to go from that small, comfortable thinking under your covers with your fuzzy slippers to big thinking. So those are the, so that's, those are the four things. Consider your thought options, target the real problem, embrace the ambiguity and seek support. Dun, dun, dun. Love it. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Love it. And I, we I talk about these uh... things all the time. Mm-hmm. We do. We do. The seek support is probably mentioned in, oh, I don't know, many of our episodes, but Mm -hmm. you know, all these voices, these disembodied voices, folks coming through your podcast, your car stereo, wherever (laughs) it is, we're all saying that. So we are. Find your people. (laughs) And I, and I always say like, why not? Yeah. Like, why not? You know, cause I think the interesting piece of that is because there's fear in the seeking of the support Mm -hmm. in a sense, right? Yeah. Cause you're going to have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. right? It takes a little courage. It it takes some sort of resources, whether that's just time, brain power, I mean, it could be money, right? But it's, it caused, you've got to put some resources towards it. And there's, there's uh, some fear in and of itself in that. But I mean, I don't know. I haven't met anyone that's like, that was a horrible experience being part right? of the group, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, there's always some value in it. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Nobody there's, ever there's says all these people wanted to help me and I didn't want to, I didn't want them anywhere near me. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's my, that's what, so the book really, I mean, that was just a, like a teeny little piece of it, but sure, I think that gives you a sense of, okay. Oh yeah. I sometimes don't really get to the root of the problem or I mean, she has a point. Like I kind of think it's one way or the highway. Um, or yeah, I just get stuck in the what ifs all the time. I mean, that's, what's preventing you from thinking big. That's what's preventing you from living that extraordinary life that you want to live. And we don't have, we're like, life's too short for that. I mean, it's not a dress rehearsal. This isn't a dress Mm -hmm. rehearsal. No, it is not. (laughs) Nope. Nope. It very definitely is not. Yeah. It's not. there's, it's on and it's on always. It's always on. There's a, um, I have a, what I call a toolkit in the book um, where you can, you know, scan this QR code or grab the web address and go grab the toolkit. And the, one of the tools in the toolkit is I, is a, I call it the zone of extraordinary achievement decision matrix. So it kind of <laughs> helps you decide like, what do I need to do or what direction should I go in? 
if I want to kind of create this extraordinary life, which I know is out there. And a lot of times we get stuck in the weeds, you know, doing Mm -hmm. things that aren't moving us forward just because we can, or we're capable, or we know how, or it might cost us a resource, time, money, or energy, right? We're like, well, I'll just do it myself. But that's not helping you either. That's just staying small too. So Mm. um, be sure if you get the book, be sure to go download that toolkit because that's kind of some of the nitty gritty. There's also, there's like eight things in there, but that's just one of them that popped into my mind. That's really helpful if you're trying to get to this place. I will definitely get it because I feel like I, I want to get to that place. I, as I mentioned, I can dream big, but it's not my natural. Yeah. It's not your mo like MO, right? Like you're not, yeah, it's not natural. It's not natural because guess what? There's that, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of like the motivational triad. So our, like we're all our inner cave. Have you ever heard of this? So we all have this inner cave woman in us and we all are motivated by really just three things. We want things to be safe. We want them to be efficient and we want them to be easy. And still like, if you think about cavemen, like they didn't want to leave the cave because they were afraid they were going to get eaten by the bear or whatever Mm -hmm. was going to go on. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's just stay in here in the cave. So we still do that, you know, in 2023 we just stay in the cave yeah and it's natural it's part of us like it's not going away but we're smarter than that yeah we're not going to get eaten by the bear or at least in indiana we're not going to get eaten by the bear if we go outside so (laughs) i mean probably not you never know i mean i don't know like it could happen black bear sighting in indianapolis Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah (laughs) that's right Chances are small, but so maybe leave the house. They are. <laughs> They're small. The embracing ambiguity part is probably the, the trickiest part for me. And I would imagine a lot of people have it as well. But that not wanting to feel the icky discomfort of something new that you're not familiar with. And our brains are geared to seek the familiar and Mm -hmm. we get anxious when we don't have familiarity. So it's, you know, it's all of these things, but I have in the past, you know, when I'm leaning into discomfort, let myself feel whatever feeling it is. Okay. All right. We'll just feel it. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. I'm not going to die from it. My heart's beating a little fast. I can breathe. Okay. All right. We've lived through it. So for me, part of it is that not only embracing ambiguity, but knowing that those feelings of discomfort, you can live with them. You're not going to die from it. You're not going to go crazy from it. Just you can let it happen. You can sit with it and you can be okay with it. And you can be okay with ambiguity. Right? Yeah. It's temporary. We forget that. Don't we forget that? I have um mm-hmm. there's a diagram in the book or a graphic if I was an author if I'm using the correct terminology as the author there is a graphic <laughs> and um I talk about stuck stress and productive stress and that stuck stress it's it gets feel gets heavier and heavier deeper and deeper more and more intense the more you let it accumulate mm-hmm. you know versus, and you can, and you can't really, you lose all focus when you're in that stuck stress. 
But I say, if we can shift into productive stress, which still is there, right? Like it's still, I don't know anyone that's like stress-free. I haven't met them yet. But if you know (laughs) someone, let me know. So but the productive stress, like the more you start to take action and even action is like what you, this is what made me think about it. That's action saying, okay, I'm just going to sit here and feel this way. Okay. Okay. And maybe tomorrow I'm going to feel that way too, but not the next day. Like that's productive stress. Mm -hmm. And then the intensity lessens as time goes on and you start to take actions and you become, you move to from being sort of just interested. Mm-hmm. And whatever's going on to being committed to making it happen. That's a whole other shift going from interested to committed. And that big thinkers have to go into committed. Like a lot of times I'll find my clients like, well, I just don't know why this isn't happening. What's going on? Like, why, why am I not? Um, why are my numbers not going up? What's happening? And then we kind of like, I ask some questions. That's part of my job. I ask questions. And then we figure out that really, they're just kind of interested in growing this. They're not committed. Mm-hmm. We're not going anywhere if we're just interested. It's not mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I will definitely get the book. <laughs> as soon as okay, well, you can yeah. go to, I, want- um, I don't know what, when you're listening to this. So whenever, whoever's out there listening, but you can always go to shethinksbigthebook.com. And either get on the list to get the discount code before it comes out, or if it's already out there, um, you can access the Amazon link from there, but you also then can, that's where you can kind of put your order number in and get some free downloads and there's lots of goodies in there, but she thinks book.com. Yeah. All right. We'll make sure it's in the show notes along with uh, information about the official launch and how people can get it then. Um, And of course, anything else that you want us to put in there. I want everybody to realize that I think big thinking, okay, so there's the word think in there. It's it's about 80% mindset, but it is about 20% systems too. Like there's no, this isn't all rainbows and unicorns. There's, you know, there's some practicality and Mm -hmm. I walk people through the process of creating their plan and turning their vision into a concrete, like, here's my next best step, mm-hmm. which is, I think, where we get lost a lot, right? And I I kind of describe, and there's a graphic about, <laughs> there's a graphic of this um, spiral, right? So I, it's like a spiral into the extraordinary. And, and if you think about anything, we go through stages, right? And what, what it is. And so we have a spiral where we've kind of got, okay, we have an idea. We believe it's going to happen. We decide, we make a decision. Yep, we're going for it. We make a plan, we execute on the plan and then we assess, right? And then we start again. The same cycle keeps going and going Mm -hmm. and going. But to go through that cycle, you've got to kind of have some systematic ways of thinking about things. So I always say this whole big thinking thing, it's about 80% mindset and 20% systems. So our brain wants to go all to the systems, like the actions, like, just tell me what to do. I mean, I don't know. If you right. Guys, like how many people have just said, I'm really good at following instructions. If you just <laughs> tell me what to do, I will yeah. totally do it. And this is just going to happen. So yes, there is some telling what to do. But yet there's also the mindset piece. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want, I want everybody to realize that too. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. I'm not leaving yeah. you hanging, okay. just like out there dangling. <laughs> I was just thinking what you just said, you know, I'm great at following instructions. I mean, we've all been trained to follow instructions. Like that's what school is. Follow instructions, get your A. Like that's how that works. So it stands to reason that people would think that way. However, that's not where we are anymore. I'm no, you're no longer <laughs> sitting in your junior year history class. Mm-mm. learning about mm-hmm. right. I don't know we learned about Santa Anna for some reason that was the guy's big deal but like that's not where you are now you do not need to write an essay <laughs> on Santa Anna you are trying to build a business <laughs> right right that's what you're trying to do yeah. right mm-hmm. so yeah. this is this is a different thing this is a different thing mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people like when they enter into coaching a coaching relationship if they've never been in that they come in with the hey just tell me what to do kind of mentality Mm-hmm. And they realize eventually that it's not about that. It's really about keeping mm-hmm. their head in the game. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. So um, if you go to Andrea's with an S links with an S um, you're going to have links to the website. You're going to have a link to the book there too, but there's also a link to take a quiz. And I have kind of a quiz in there, which assesses one quiz assesses like maybe why you're not getting things done. But the other quiz that I'm really thinking about is assessing where you are in your business in terms of finding why the freedom you want in it, which is probably why mm-hmm. you got in in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's called the business freedom finder quiz. And I think that kind of sheds a little light on, is this really all what I need to do? Or is it, I need to change my thinking. Yeah. So go yeah. take the quiz at Andrea's with an S links with an S.com. Okay. Absolutely. And we'll put that in the show notes too. And for those of you who like uh, Angela and I are listening and just going, I cannot wait to get this book. um, (laughs) This podcast episode is going to uh, publish at the beginning of September and the book comes out towards the end of September. So we're trying to set you up for success when you're like, I have to get this book, then go to Andrea's with an ass links with and get your <laughs> click on the yeah. book. So you can go um, download, you can go download right now. You can go download and the first chapter in the intro. See so go, right there. Oh, right. Okay. So you can already get your dose, get a dose. At, there you go. Um, she thinks big, the book.com. You can go there. You can download your intro and chapter one. You can get on the list to get all the info about the actual launch day. And then you're just, I mean, you and I are going to have a whole love affair after that. So there you go. So you're Stop. all ready to go. It's not like it's dropped and you can't get this or that. No, 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 no. It's no, all going to happen. Go. It's all you set can, up for mm-hmm. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. See, I'm we'll give you a plan you. for this. You might have to <laughs> work a little harder for your other plans, but this one we can give you a plan okay. for. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. We could I do could like sit and listen episodes. to you talk all afternoon, Andrea. But We could do a lot of episodes, but I think that's, that's a like a good bite-sized podcast piece. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Okay. All right. Well, Andrea, we are so grateful that you sat with us this afternoon and told us about your book and um, we are really excited to get it. I can't speak for Cheryl, but I am super excited to get it and do all the quizzes and all of the things in it. So yeah, I, yeah. And actually there is we'll one more thing. I just thought September. about this. I just thought about this. If what you get it? the book, you, um, and then you kind of go back and you put your order number in. I am doing uh, what I'm calling a Think Big Insider session in October, mm-hmm. where yes. it's kind of like a masterclass webinar, but 
I'm going to help you go from just being a reader to an implementer, right? So this is kind of like going from passive action, just consuming mm -hmm. everything, saying, this is great, to actually taking action. And if you, if you purchase the book and put your uh, order number in, you're going to get a free ticket. You can buy a ticket without buying the book too, but um, make sure you do that. If you're listening to this kind of when it's coming out and probably I can't make any promises, but I'm going to guess it might become kind of evergreen. So if you're listening years from now in the archives, you probably can get it too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, years yeah. from now, going through the archives. Years from now, oh, when you guys are like on the Today Show, videos. when you're on Today Show, you know, and there people are going back to listening to Soul Power. Yes, of course. So, yeah, well, thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, awesome. I love being here. Thank you for being here. I we've so, so enjoyed it. So welcome. This has been the Soul Power Podcast. I'm your host Angela Jordan. And I'm your host, Cheryl Burke. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Soul Power Podcast with Angela Jordan and Cheryl Burke. Soul Power theme song composed by Gabriel Harley.